What's up, folks? Welcome back to All the Small Things, a podcast hosted by me, Miguel, at Smalls26.2. Thank you to all of those that reached out to me during this quick hiatus. Um, I think I didn't publish for like about two months, um, and I did have a couple of you guys uh, reaching out to me to, I guess, hold me accountable or requesting uh, more more episodes. Um, and that 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 makes me happy. Um, it makes me happy to know that I have some very supportive friends um, and that uh, you guys are liking the episode so far. Um, the next episode that I have is episode number seven with Alejandra Santiago. Um, this is an athlete that I admire a lot, uh, especially because when we're racing together, I'm always chasing her. I'm always hot on her heels. Um, and most of the time I'm getting my ass kicked by her. She's an amazing human, an amazing mother, and she is very candid on this episode. And I, I, I was pretty, um, pretty shocked to, to find out more, more things about her. Um, she, she lets us into her personal life and our, her personal experiences, uh, on her running journey and uh the type of challenges that she she was faced with um but it it was a solid a solid uh conversation that i had with her um and i appreciate her her candidness um and i'm sure you guys as a listener will too and i really hope that uh that maybe somebody hears this and and is able to take something away from this um it's a unique uh experience you know we all have uh unique experiences but um this one was was a cool one uh i liked it a lot um and i'm glad that that she's a strong person and uh and that she is who she is and has been able to navigate through it um i'm super excited to see her back into the racing scene um we touch base on that uh we touch base on her recent accomplishment at the Bimbo Global 10K race that happened in Pasadena, two loops around the Rose Bowl, um, she won first place and um, and and was first female there. Um, so that was pretty cool. And I thought um, I reached out to her and I was like, "Hey, you want to record uh, your experience at that race, and then we could cover some of your your backstory." journey and it worked out she was quick to respond and and we got this going and so without further ado let's jump into it episode 7 Alejandra Santiago all the small things let's go baby yeet (laughs) take two take two (laughs) it's all good I'll figure it out one day I'll have a proper studio one day (laughs) (laughs) all right cool let me rip this intro alejandra santiago welcome to all the small things a podcast hosted by me i'm so thrilled to have you on and so thankful that you are giving me a bit of your time to share a little bit of 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 your story and insight on your most current race which is the global bimble yeah well thanks for having me um i ran that because of you Um, (laughs) Like many other races. Um, and you kicked yeah. my ass in it, just like all the races. <laughs> That's not true. You've beat me before. Um, <laughs> you've definitely been a target, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, the 10K, um, 
it was pretty wild. You know, there were a lot of people uh, going in. They, like, almost closed the gate on me, so I couldn't, like, pull up to the front. Um, And then I get, like, major anxiety being in the front already because I get claustrophobic, and I don't like – and I just – in general, like sweat and just feel everyone's heat. And like, I just, you know, get really nervous. And then it went really smooth. I was like, yeah, this is fun. We're rocking it. And then they released the five cares. And then it's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. That, that second loop was wild. Just to navigate through, through everybody. And then uh, it just ate up the course. Um, so did you find yourself like sigging and sagging through that? I did. So first I was sticking behind the guys. Um, Jesus was pacing um, and he was like, you know, being Jesus, like runners coming up, moving people out of the way. But uh, like, there's just one point where it's just like, you're so like clumped together. Um, And at that point, yeah, I was just weaving wherever I could to not like fall or trip. Um, I also like just in general, like I told you, like get claustrophobic. So I was like major heart rate. Like I just felt like my heart pounding into my head and I was like if I don't get out of the crowd even if it means like running like you know like on the freaking little like uphill on the other side like I will start like heaving um so it was good um up to then and then so so your strategy was to to run on the outside to avoid the the crowd yeah I was like it's too much effort to be within everyone and screaming out runner or just like weaving through and I was like worst case is going to be like I'm running and somebody's kid goes in front of me and we just like you know both fall and I trample this kid that would be like horrible so I kind of just gave up on trying to have runners move out of the way and it was just like just you know pull the longer tangent I guess and just pulling out of the crowd yeah (laughs) definitely not not a race strategy a good one that'll that'll equate (laughs) to a faster time but um a better strategy in order to have in order not to like zig and zag through people I think that would expend more energy than anything especially yeah. on on the back end of that that rolls bowl it's like a slight uphill bit on that I mean I felt it on the second loop how did that feel to you yeah mile five I like looked down at my watch at one point and I felt like I was my heart was working so hard I'm like 643 what and it was like at that point I was like hey you just gotta you just gotta calm down <laughs> You just got to like calm down, breathe. And at some point I closed my eyes and I had actually done a tempo run out there with Capri like a few weeks before. And I had left a bachelorette party the night before. I had not slept. I had come back from my road trip from Colorado. I was kind of like, you know, I had drank, didn't eat properly. I show up to the Rose Bowl and they just drop me. (laughs) (laughs) And all I could think about was that at that moment, I was like, I closed my eyes. I was like, all right, this is where the group was dropping me. And this is where I was by myself. And this is where I had to tell myself, like, you got to keep going, you know, like just trust your little patitas, just keep going. (laughs) Um, And that's, that's kind of like what I tuned into like around mile five where it felt horrible. Um, And then, yeah, by mile six, it was like, okay, we're almost there. We're almost there. Um, Almost got sent the wrong way, but thankful for Jesus and this other guy who are like, don't listen to the lady, just come here. And like sweet, like swerved right back into like where I was supposed to go. Um, Yeah, so it was, it was chaotic. (laughs) So did you know you were in the lead the whole time or or were you conscious of your positioning in there or were you just running within yourself? Pretty much. Yeah, I like pulled off way quicker than I wanted to. Um, 
and I always kind of thought it was because I didn't know how to pace myself and it's kind of true but another thing is just like that I can't be with crowds I can't feel you know I don't want to get trampled and I talked to somebody about this it's like when I go to good vibes right um the open sessions give me so much panic um and anytime we do like a 5k trial like I always start in the back I don't know if you've noticed but I always pull to the back because I'm so scared of people like elbowing me or tripping me or like falling on my face Mm -hmm. Um, and that just comes back from like when I ran cross country in high school like my first uh meet I was running and I was so excited I was like getting a really good you know like time and then like we kind of clumped together you know like how you enter into the little shoot and I just eat it (laughs) I step on a pothole and I go flying and fall flat on my face and I just remember like there was like a ton of screaming and as I go head first into like the grass, I just hear, oh, and this like guy out like in the distance, like, come on, Miha, you can get up, you can do it. And ever since then, I've had like this big fear of just like eating shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I can't. Um, So yeah, so it was, it's just like, I good vibes. I feel the same thing. I'm like, I, once the groups are getting a little smaller. I'm like, okay, I got this. I, I can go for it. But at the beginning, I have to be like, you know, yeah, gas, no brains. <laughs> gotta get out of there. Exactly. You gotta get out of there or else uh, you're gonna catch some elbows, get potentially get tripped. And um, it, it's kind of like better to kind of ease into things, but just to get positioning, um, I don't know. It, it's a weird thing. It's whatatever works for you type of deal, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, and this yeah, time it... on, I knew I had it. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know by how much because I didn't want to look behind me. Um, but I knew like as long as I kept up, there were like about like three KRC guys in front of me. And I was like, okay, if I, if I can keep them within like my view, then I know I'm doing okay. Uh, and so let's you, so you end up like weaving and bopping uh, because you almost take the wrong turn, which also happened to me as well. <laughs> Oh, I'm um, sorry. It happened to so many people. I know. Um, so right there, you can see the finish line, and it's just like a little hook, um, and you see the tape uh, being held up. Walk us through that that emotion. Like, what were you going through? Like, what were you thinking? Um, okay, so at that point, the Rose Bowl half doesn't end in that same exact moment, but I do know that the Rose Bowl kind of ends in the grassy area, right? Um and that kind of just took me back to like racing the Pasadena half and uh, going like hard at the very end and almost like, you know, tripping on the turn. So I was going way too fast. Uh, so at that point, I was just like, all right, you're almost there. Just keep your legs going. Just keep your legs going. Like if there's a turn, don't fall. Um, and then after it was just like really cool to pass through the f- like finish. Um and like break the tape, I guess. Um, but in that moment, I think, and I mentioned the Pasadena half was because that's kind of the first time I ever competed against Rosa. And um, she's a really good friend of mine and I love her to death. Um, and it was just kind of like that. She's the one who actually, she had before you you had me sign up, she's like, hey, you should do this race. Like I did it. You should totally do it. I think you can win it. And I was like, nah, 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 nah. And I just kind of ignored it. And you know, when you sent me that link, to sign up I did it but she was like the first person that kind of like planted that on me and she won it last year so I think it was like kind of like a way to like connect with him like oh we got this like 
you know, like I'm here again. <laughs> and this time I'm going like all out. And um, I don't know, it was just like a lot of that. It was like recollecting what she said, just knowing, just being surprised at how fast I was going. Um, and also just hoping like my legs like <laughs> would go through and I wouldn't fall like on the grass or the dirt. I think those are like my, my thoughts that were circulating in my head. And so there is a, a connection through experience, like, oh, Rosa did this uh, last year and now it's my turn and I'm doing it. And and it's pretty yeah. interesting because apparently the, the global bimbo races, they they um, they started all at the same time. So potentially you guys were like crossing the finish line at the same time. Yeah. And um, I mean, like, yeah, it's and I think I'm a little more competitive um, or more vocally competitive than she is. Um, we kind of joke that I'm like the, like that little devil that stands on your shoulder and she's like the little angel on the other. Um, and regardless of being us being like really good friends, you know, I'm always just like, yeah, let's race. Even though I know she can kick my ass. Um, but I love that. Um, so it's like, I was like, yeah, like I'm doing this. Like she did this, like sad that we're not going to compete next year against each other. Um, but I thought it was like really cool. And just knowing that she was also like, she's the one who told me, she's like, yeah, you should totally do this 10K. You should totally go as fast as you can. Um, I don't know. It was like a mixed feeling where it's kind of like empowering to have a friend like that and to have like a girlfriend who's like that, right? Because I usually hang out with guys the most. Um, so yeah, thanks, Rosa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out, Rosa. That's the cool thing about running in the community um, that, you know, we, we all push each other and, you know, there, there's a fun aspect to it, but, you know, some of us do have that competitive nature and that's exactly what it takes to get the best out of us. If we push each other, then, you know, we're, we're getting that, that PR or whatever. And, you know, the thrill's not mostly about PRing, but, you know, it is, it is nice to, to know that the time you're investing in, in the sport is, is actually making you better. Right. Yeah. So, you you it this wasn't your first race um and you're not new to sports in general where where did this all come from like where where was that seed planted for you um so actually it's funny because growing up i was a very lazy kid um my mom jokes and it was it's like she makes a joke out of it but we used to live like at the bottom of a hill somewhere near like uh mid city uh, like Venice area and um I used to get a fever just walking up that hill to school <laughs> <laughs> and so she would have to push me in a stroller at like six or seven years um because I would get a fever I was just like I just could not do exercise um she has videos of me like she would throw Cheerios on the floor and I would go crawl and look at the Cheerios and I would be so tired from collecting Cheerios I'd fall asleep and that was like, my <laughs> nap time um so I was a really lazy kid, and um, but my parents were always pushing sports, and they also they just extracurriculars, right? Like they pushed us into soccer, baseball. They just wanted us to find a sport that kept us moving, um, and they also had us like an accordion class, after school program. So they were really tried to like I don't know, expand our skills, and I fell in love with volleyball at first, and I felt like I was pretty good. I really, really enjoyed it, but then I kind of became like a rebellious preteen, and as like most people, you know, like you don't want to be disciplined anymore, so I dropped the sport and partied, <laughs> did a lot of things I shouldn't, um, and then when I became pregnant at 14 and had gave at 15, 
I ended up switching schools and that charter school kind of made everyone take a sport as an elective. Um, and I don't think I probably would have jumped into competitive sports if it wasn't for that. Um, so I joined cross country, not knowing what cross country was. Um, and my sister did too. And my sister, by the way, was always competitive. You know, we were always compared. She was like the skinny one, the pretty one, the really good one at sports. And, um, and I think that was like the first sport without trying that I felt really good and I beat her and I was like, Oh, maybe this is my thing. You know, um, again, that's maybe that's where my competitive part came out. Like I should be good at this. Um, but I beat her in every meet and it was almost effortless. Um, and then I don't know, like I, we didn't know technique. They would kind of just get subs for us. We didn't really have a coach. They would just be like, go run three miles. And sometimes we wouldn't run three miles. Sometimes we go to like the taco truck and eat. <laughs> and uh, so I never knew drills. Like I, even to this day, like I suck at A skips, B skips. I don't know what the hell that is. Um, I didn't learn anything, but I knew I could run. And I think like, as I got older um, and then, you know, like just like entered depression, went through anorexia. I think running was the only thing that kind of kept me going. At first, it was like a vice. It was like, how much more can I lose? How much more weight can I lose with running? And then it became like, I really love how high I feel after not eating all day and then like running eight miles. And then it became, wow, I'm not really eating anything. And I'm like starving and like practically dying. And I can still hit this number, you know? And I was like, wow, maybe this is my thing. What if I eat? What if I like, you know, like actually like properly train? And I think like my relationship with running has transformed that way. And I think it's the only sport. I don't, I guess it's kind of in a way kind of helped me try to kill myself and then kind of kept me alive, you know? Right. Right. So did the eating disorder come on because of running or like that was just something that you were like battling with and then running almost aid you out of it? Um, um, so I, I had Gabriel when I was really young um, mm -hmm. and, you know, like coming from like a Latino household, that's really like shameful. And, and I love my parents to death, you know, like nobody knows what would be the correct thing to do. And I think they did the best thing they could do for me at that time. Um, but when I became pregnant, I didn't find out until I was like six or seven months um and at that point it was like too late to even consider abortion um we were like uneasy about adoption and I kept him under the condition that I wouldn't tell anyone um because I needed to finish college right and whether that was because it was shameful to the family or whether that was just for my sake like I don't really know I'm just grateful for having that opportunity um, but that really did bring in a lot of depression for me. It was like, I didn't have an outlet. I hated myself. I hated my life. I, it was, you know, it was hard to like be really happy being with Gabe sometimes and then like not being able to be mom. And then I hated that. But then I also hated being mom because I didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know? Um, so that really drew me into like a really bad state of depression for a really long time. And anorexia, like food became the only thing I could control. Um, 
And it just happened to be that I had joined the cross country team during the developmental of all of that. And then I just used running. It was just like a obsession, like a tool that I could use to continue to hurt myself or, but running is interesting. And I think we all know this, like running hurts, but then it also makes you feel really good after. So I was just, I just wanted that high, (laughs) you know, I just wanted to be angry and hurt myself. And then I just wanted to sometimes feel very good and like floaty and I don't know, inspired. And I think I got that from running and it just like, and that's why it's developed, you know, over time for me, it became this obsession to like ruin myself. And then it became an obsession to better myself. And now I'm just trying to be okay with sometimes I can run, sometimes I can't run. And it's not just, it's not everything about me, you know? Right, right. That's so, that's very interesting. And and thank you for being so candid on, on the podcast and, and sharing that. Um, I, I feel like it's uh, something that's super private. Um, but um, thank you uh, for giving that insight, because maybe somebody else is in that position, and they're trying to navigate through all that stuff, too. Um, but what what I draw away from it is that running is something that you had in control of and something that you were seeking since, you know, you're, you're going through chaos, you know, your life was in chaos, you know, you're, you're a teen uh, trying to figure that out. And then all of a sudden you're a mom and trying to figure that out with, um, with minimal support, you know, or, or resources. And that's kind of cool that, that a simple sport that just involves one foot in front of the other is able to, to navigate you and ultimately uh, put you in a better position where where you are figuring yourself out um, right yeah and I mean I mean and I and you've known this like I did also step away from the marathon because at one point running then became what I was obsessed with and I do have like this like addictive personality right and I would come home and I was just upset with Gabe because I was tired I was like moody and I stepped away from the marathon for that very reason I was like I can't continue to train like this you know, my body's always hurting. I Like, what am I doing? And it's been a really big, like, evolution for me these last two years to be okay with running 10Ks, running half marathons. And, it, and I do want to go back to the marathon eventually, but not having that pressure on myself, you know? Yeah. So right now you're finding the joy of running more than anything than focusing on racing, correct? I wouldn't say that. I think I'm too competitive to like, I still still have not been able to sign up for a race and just say, I'm going to fun run it. I can fun run it. If I'm pacing someone, I've I've actually enjoyed pacing so much. I honestly, that it has been so much fun. Um, But I don't know if I'll ever be that person that can just be really chill. (laughs) I I think I've been okay with like, I'm learning where I can take my body without destroying it. I totally could relate to that. Every time I pull up to to something that I sign up, um, everybody asks me, like, oh, what you're going for? And I'm always like, oh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think I'm just going to take it easy. And then as soon as the gun goes off, there goes Miguel, all gas, no brains. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I'm like, dude, what the heck? Like, there's there's always that little grain of salt of that competitive that always comes out. Um but uh, for for the first time ever, I'm going to take a break from uh, running marathons and just do little races here and there, which yeah. I feel that's something that you you did already. 
And, um, and, and you know when the time is right for to sign up for another race, right? Because uh, let's face it, marathoning and training for a marathon, if you're going to do, do it, I feel like we're both the same. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it right, and we're going to go all out and try to get the yeah. best out of ourselves. And, and that does involve a lot of investment in our time. And unfortunately, we're, we're adults now. <laughs> yeah. We have responsibilities. And um, I think it was Kara Goucher on one of her podcasts, she was saying, it's not about balance. It's about sustainability. It's like, what, how, is, how can, can you make running sustainable in your life? And, right. and that kind of resonated more with me because, you know, work could come up, uh, balancing family could come up and uh, things could throw you off. And, and sometimes you don't have that perfect training plan. Um, right. So speaking to that, how are you, how have you been able to manage and, and uh, get your runs in? I see that you're doing a lot of trails right now. Um, yeah, I, you know, it is a struggle. Um, before I used to have to get up like at 4am to do runs because I didn't want to do them when Gabriel was awake or I just couldn't. And then I was working, then I was coming home during breaks, like my lunch breaks, I would try to like, help clean, like, you know, take Logie for a walk. I also have the bad habit of collecting too many animals. So that's <laughs> more responsibility. Um, and then I'd rush back to work or something, then get Gabe, then try to do homework with Gabe. So I was like running either really late or really early in the morning. It was not productive. Sometimes I would lunch, run in my lunch break. Actually, a lot of my runs are in the heat. And I just tell myself, like, you know, everyone always complains that their marathon or their race went bad because it was too cold, too hot, raining. And for me, it's always been like, well, this is the only time you got. So make the best out of it. Um, and I think that's built a lot of, like, mental fortitude for me. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I just try to get my runs in whenever I can around Gabe. Now he's older, so it's a lot easier. Um, but I do have to say... At first, it was really hard because if I did do a run, like, during the time he was, like, awake or my parents were – almost like I kind of had a run hiding that I was running because it would upset my parents and my siblings. And I get it. You know, they were helping me a lot during that time, and I still wanted to do this for myself. And it was very selfish. Um, But now it's like he's older. um, He kind of can fend for himself for, like, an hour or two while I go run. And – um what's been really nice now is I never took him to races I never took him to like track before I was always like well that's my thing that's my time and I just felt uneasy about it um but you know dating Dan has been so helpful um you know Dan kind of just takes he's like hey Gabe should come to this and I'm like "Mm, I don't know and he's like no he should come and so Dan will take him to my races and then we all hang out after um, or Gabe goes to track night with me now. And that was Dan's suggestion. Um, so it's also learning to bring Gabe along to more things. Um, and sometimes like if I want to do a double run and, um, we have this rule that Gabriel has to do exercise three times a week. Um, I don't do my second run, but I go walk with him for an hour and I just have to like be okay with saying like, you know, this hour walk is basically me jogging two miles, you know? Um, and just kind of being okay with that. Uh, so I guess finding time has been more like incorporating him into my life and also just being really, um, lucky that I have like a partner who's so supportive about that. 
Yeah, that that warmed up my heart so much. Like that's so cool, you know, to have a partner that's super supportive and is able to to have that reach, you know, and and have, uh, have that vision of like, hey, let's bring this guy on. Like let let's let's involve him a little bit more, which is kind of yeah. cool because it sounds like like it's a good balance for you know how you were saying it's your own space. That's like my little getaway, and yeah. it it's still it's still that for you. But now you have. Uh, you have a, a number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I can be so close-minded sometimes. And, I mean, I think that's the nice thing. And, I mean, I, it's you talked about it, um, I believe, maybe in, like, one of your podcasts. It was, like, one of the first ones where, you know, you're talking about your wife, too. And how she was, like, would set, like, or she would, like, make your meals or something like that. How she was very helpful. And, really, it's that. Regardless of, like, what we accomplish, what we do, like, there are always people behind us supporting us and allowing us to do this right like every PR every race comes at the expense of someone else yeah it, it, it truly does and and it's uh we're, we're in a unique position to have a person that's able to to bless us with that yeah and so sh- shout out to our partners again <laughs> yeah yeah they're the best yeah Dan already complained that it's always my races um so, <laughs> so maybe I'll, I'm gonna have to start supporting very soon no but you've been a big support um surprise surprise you were a, a secret pacer for the LA marathon uh last year and you were yeah, there you for a good chunk <laughs> <laughs> you were there for a good chunk and your energy is so remarkable you're out there cheering everybody I was so dialed in I know at one point you were like, hey, why are you so serious? And I'm like, bro, I'm trying to not bonk. And I feel like this whole this whole weight on my shoulders that you were over there, like, you know, lifting everybody up, including myself, which right after you made that comment, you 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 snapped me out of it. And I was like, all right, you are right. Like, I need to chill out and, and, and just have fun. But see, that's what I mean. Like when I look at the pace, I was hitting those 15 miles. I was like. If I had been racing, I would not have hit that pace. And I would have been like, oh, my goal. Like, I wanted to do this and just, like, put myself down. And I think these two years, and hopefully he does that for you, too, like, whatever time you take for yourself, um, you really, like, just kind of, like, let go of that. And then you're like, oh, I can be fast and I can be fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then and then Dan went out and crushed it. <laughs> so... I think that yeah, really was, that's... the only reason why I want to run a marathon is because I have to beat his time. I you know I, I used to be the fastest one. Oh dang. <laughs> oh dang. That that was my motivation uh back in the day with when my dad uh introduced me to marathon running. I was like, hey, I need to beat your time. I need so to th- crush you. <laughs> <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> and that's cool. I think I think you have a a, a lot to a, a lot of uh what what's your PR in the marathon? Oh, it's not good. It's a uh, two fifty nine and it's some seconds. I, you know, uh, I was talking to Carrie about this the other day actually, and I was like, you know what, like, LA they just like love like that marathon culture, but some of us, we're just like not built for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of us are just like not that great for endurance, and it's like okay, um, I do want to come back because I was always injured um, running the marathons. I was working way too many hours, but like during that time, I was like, you know, like single mom trying to like buy a place um, 
supporting a teenager was a lot on me. But now that I've been working less, I'm hoping that I can train properly and go run it uninjured. Maybe that'll make a difference. Um, but in reality, I, I think I kind of just suck at marathons. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you're you're doing really well. And I, I see so much potential in you. That's why I was asking for your, for your PR because um the way i see it is that we're we're both on the same boat and i feel like you're you're a little bit ahead of me and uh i don't know my 259 doesn't say that um the the saddest one was in chicago where i hit like a three hour eight second marathon (laughs) and i was like you gotta be kidding me and honestly after i hit that 259 in grandma's i turned to my coach i don't want to do this anymore and he's like, you don't know what you're talking about. I was like, no, I, I kind of think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so I don't know. Let's see, so I'm hoping I come back. A well, little what was it during that time frame that that made you want to like step step back from it? Was it just like the the balancing uh, your life with running type of deal, or was it the experience itself? It um. It was really like life transitions. I I mean, I was working like up to like 52, 54 hours a week. Um, I'm a Pilates instructor, so I'm on my feet the whole day. And my plantar fasciitis was so painful. Like I was just in pain all day. Um, and, you know, I worked seven days a week back then. I don't get paid vacations. Like I never took time off. Um, and even races, like I would go race and then I would ask for like, pretend I was racing a 10 K I would ask for two hours off and then finish my 10 K and go to work, like super sweaty, like disgusting, just like, you know, cleaning myself with wipes because like I couldn't afford to lose those hours. Um, and it was just all of that pressure, never resting, like no self care. I always look tired. Um, and actually around that time I started dating Dan and I was like, how am I going to date someone if I don't even have fucking time to shower? You know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm legitly over here. Like I would make food. And back then I was like a vegetarian. So I would come home, make food for Gabe who loves meat, And I would spend all my time cooking for him. I wouldn't make myself anything. I was eating cereal like three times a day. Like that was my meal. Um, quick and easy or yeah. my wife calls it, what, what does she call it? There's like this TikTok thing about something like girl meal or something like that. Like it's something super quick and easy. I don't know. I'm sorry <laughs> for that tangent. <laughs> I don't know about that. Now it's dessert because, um, and I'm still pretty bad at eating, but like back then it was just too much. It was too much for me to handle. I, I, I felt torn, like physically and mentally torn. Um, and yeah, and just, you know, just waking up sometimes and being like, I actually don't want to get up and staying in bed has been nice. Um, nice. And yeah, just even taking Loki miles, you know? Yeah. So you seemed like you needed like a little bit more time uh, for yourself and just to gather yourself and, and just have uh, a little bit more, I don't know, I guess like more f- flexibility with work or something like that. Right. So yeah. Yeah. And also, like, I'd never even talked to anybody. You know, I, I didn't really get into like the running scene until I finally took that time off uh, where I could talk to people before I was so I mean, like, I would finish a race and go straight to work. I didn't really have friends in the running community. 
Um, and actually, not that long ago, Miranda from Good Vibes, she approached me and she's like, hey, like, I just wanted to say hi. Like, I never get to say hi to you in Good Vibes. Um, I just want to say like that. I like I admire you. And she had sent me a, a request online. But I'm also so convoluted all the time and like miss so many messages like you should see my phone I like I'm terrible even at clients like I will miss a client's text for like three days um and that just kind of made me feel bad because I was like yeah I probably seem like a bitch sometimes (laughs) because not only I'm like in competitive mode all the time when I'm running but then I step out of there and just leave and I was like what's the point of that like this is not my job (laughs) nobody else really cares about my PR I mean they'll congratulate me and it's cool you know but it's like what is that that's not as meaningful as like a friendship or talking to someone you know um like we were running together every Tuesday and I never took the time to smile at her like that's so sad to me yeah that Um, I I see how that perception could evolve uh towards you of just like going there ripping it and then just bouncing without like chit-chatting or, or you know bonding with people yeah. um and, and that's kind of cool that you recognize that and and it, it kind of helps you pause a little bit and kind of like smell the roses for the lack of uh references you know and just <laughs> and just have that that opportunity to to share different experiences with folks um I know I used to do that as well too like just you know run go shower and then get out to work and uh or and and it used to be like almost like a thing of of pride for me uh especially because after I I discovered that there's a thing called the Irish goodbye and I'm like okay cool I guess that's my thing now like oh it's just an Irish goodbye (laughs) but now I'm over here stuck like post-race chopping it up with people and and all that stuff and my wife's all there like like, trash smith (laughs) suit you know gotta gotta take a picture (laughs) with the followers (laughs) <laughs> I'm like the the worst and like uh influencer is what uh what I like to call it. <laughs> um but yeah, yeah, it's always it was not it was always nice to like hear from people and and just uh I don't know. <laughs> it sounds kind of nar- narcissistic. I I do Go have ahead. to say that like one thing that also really changed my perception of like running and racing were unsanctioned races I heard about take the bridge that was I think was my first one and oh no no no! during COVID I did one of those like tracksmith what are they called the the races they do where we're like the twilight series yes so there was one like that that was virtual and I Mm. went out got my ass kicked after the first round um and I was like wow that was fun so when I heard about take the bridge I was like and I was like that sounds cool but again back then I didn't know anyone and honestly like being around guys kind of made me guys I didn't know made me easy like I'm really good with hanging out with guys but like if it's too many people I feel overwhelmed I don't know what to do I'm really awkward I start sweating and I was like oh that doesn't seem like my scene so when Darcy threw that like women take the bridge I was like okay it's gonna be smaller it's gonna be women I think I can do this and I went out there, had a great race, and I was like, wow, this is cool. But it was still kind of a little, like, flashier. Um, I guess I would say it was, it's a more of, like, a flashy race. It's really cool. I met a lot of female runners, which is the biggest thing for me. Like, I was like, oh, wow, like, these girls are great. Like, I can talk to girls. I was really happy. And then local race came around. 
And that looked gritty. Like, I remember seeing the first video and I was like, wow, that looks like someone could die. I want to do And um, yeah, and then I think, I don't know if Dan talked to me about it, but we were friends back then. Anyway, so we agreed to do the second one. Um, and it was a blast. It was like, wait, you're saying there's like nobody taking your pictures. Nobody's getting a medal. Like nobody really cares what happened after this, but you just make friends. This is great. And, um, Adam and Brian, they're just so chill. Um, and just like out of that race, that's where I met Jesus actually. And where I met Joaquin, um, and take the bridges where I met Brianna and they're probably like, they were the first like unit that were like my close, like running friends. Um, and after that, it just became this thing where I was just like, ah, oh, unsanctioned races is just run fast, make friends. And then nobody really cares what happened. You know, nobody cares like who won. We're just all going to get drunk together after, or we're all going to go, I don't know, go eat together. And then we're just going to meet up on the next one and want to kill each other. And then when it's over, we're friends. And <laughs> I think, I think if you haven't run, ran an unsanctioned race, uh, you definitely should. Like, everyone should. Um, it really – also navigating, you know? Like, it makes you navigate for yourself so things are going to go wrong. And I think as runners, we have a really hard time letting things go wrong. We put blame on, like, the weather, our shoes. And, you know, and I have to tell you – I mean, you saw what I ran in the 10K. That shirt was part of the bachelorette costume I wore. Um you know, like, I'll wear a cotton t-shirt. I will wear new socks on race day. Those were actually new socks that I wore. And it's also just knowing that, like, it's okay to not be perfect, you know? These unsanctioned races, they send us who knows where. And you might fall on your face. You might end up lost. Um, you might be the fastest person out there, but you don't know how to, I don't know, plummet down downhill or you don't know how to jump a fence and you're losing. And I think that's so fun. It's so fun to, like, pull you out of your own ego yeah that's that's totally true it pulls you out of your your ego and it also takes away like the the seriousness or the competitiveness competitiveness of that like it alleviates it right and it and it allows you to have fun with it um because in a sense you have no control over it because take the bridge you don't get uh the route or instructions till an hour before the race and then you have to figure it out right um and it has those those wonky little uh, checkpoints too. So that that's kind of cool. And it's super awesome that, that Darcy um, shout out, take the bridge um, is able to, to create that. Um, and I think they have one coming up in Chicago too. I was totally hyped on, on hearing on that. Um, and uh, also shout out unsanctioned and local race. Uh, that one's actually a, a cool one too, because it's out in, in the trails. And I remember when I saw the first one, it was like, you have to go to this bush and go to this spot. And it, it was pretty wild. And some people didn't even finish it. And that wasn't the, the point wasn't uh, wasn't to finish first is just, you know, to help to help just coordinate something and, and share some moments. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys haven't done one, you guys should definitely do it. Um because there's loads of fun and they're also cheaper than a race <laughs> I, I made a post about that one it's like it's cheaper it's eco-friendly most of the time um and yeah you're just out there having fun yeah 
And then you, that's where you uh, you got your crew of friends. So that's kind of cool in your experience with Jesus, which is an awesome guy that needs to get sponsored by McDonald's and Coca-Cola. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, I'm super happy and thrilled to to just get some insight into you. I don't think we've ever even talked this long. That's why I kind of like doing these podcasts as well is because Oftentimes, you know, post running or something like that. It's just the, the generic stuff. Like, how did your race go? And all right, cool. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll see you later. Yeah. Which right now it, it, it calls back um, to, to what you did post uh, your bimble race. You know, you had the, the whole platform to, your, to yourself and everybody was celebrating you. And, and you spoke to something that, that I felt was, was super cool and valid, which was... Uh, a simple act that you did. It was to get everybody to take a photo together, you know? Oh, well, that somebody from KRC suggested it. And I was just, uh, I just wanted to highlight that, that like somebody was, somebody said like, hey, because we, you know, we're, he's like, we're all congratulating each other. He's like, and then we all walk away with our groups. He's like, why not take a group picture? Um, I just posted about that because I wanted other people to like, that didn't have the opportunity to be in the moment to like realize that, yeah, why are we separating ourselves all the time? Why is there this division between our run groups? You know, we all cheer for each other. Like, you know, we see you good vibes, cheers for you. Kerosene cheers for you. Um, Blacklist will cheer for you. Like, so people who know you and run with other groups are always there for you, you know? Um, so why do we not take the time to like even take a picture together? It's so sad. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a like a weird thing, right? There's like unity, but there's a division, and right. uh, that until you posted that, I kind of realized it too. It's like, oh, if I want to go talk to this individual, like I have to go to his like little crew pod and and talk to him. I'm like, why does it have to be like that? <laughs> that yeah. That also, I I get it, you know. That um. Yeah, but I get still. it too. But like, <laughs> um, and I've talked about this before. Uh, when I was first trying to get into like group runs, actually. I try to join the Janes um, and I went to one of their like mile trials and one, there was like a complete lack of diversity. Um, so I felt completely like ostracized and then like nobody really talked to me. They were all talking to the people they knew except for one girl. She really talked to me super sweet. I forget her name, but race ended. I did fairly well. And then like, still it was like everyone recollected in their groups and I was like, this is definitely not for me. Um, and then it took me a few months before I like really researched clubs. Um, and then I followed a couple and then I picked good vibes because I mean, Crenshaw district, I was like, oh, you know, I grew up in Inglewood. I was like, anywhere near the hood makes me comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, oh, black and brown people. I am there. Um, so I really did choose them for that, um, and for the proximity to where I was living. Um, but even then, you know, I got so stuck on good vibes, um, when I finally could go. And then Dan once actually told me, he's like, Hey, like, I want you to go to KRC. Cause he was running with KRC at that time. I was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm going to stick to good vibes. Like I like them. And it was like Thanksgiving. And I think good vibes went on their like season break. And I had a Saturday off and I never did before, uh, before this. And he's like, Hey, come to a KRC long run. And I was like, mm, I guess. Okay. I'll go. And that's actually how I met Rosa. 
um, we did the long run together. And I mean, there I made another friend, but I was so close minded where I was like, nah, I was like, if I can do a run, I'm going to do it with the people I feel comfortable with. Um, and I think ever since then, I've been a little bit more open minded um, of joining like other clubs or just like t- running with them or talking to them or if they reach out for advice, giving them advice. Um because it really does make a difference. You know, I learned so, I learned so much from other people like Victor Martinez, for example, you know, um, super sweet guy. I'd probably never meet him or talk to him if I was like so close-minded. He runs with Blacklist and he's all the way in like Pasadena. Um, or even you, I guess I would have seen you in good vibes, but then I see you in like these other places, you know, like you're so nice and amiable and you talk to people. But if I had been, the Ali I was back then, I probably wouldn't have really talked to you. Oh, dang it. I wouldn't have made the cut. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I actually get really nervous. I do. Like, I know I'm like, I joke around a lot, but a lot of the times I do have to be pretty drunk in a group setting to really be comfortable. Yeah, it's just, you know, your anxiety. It, it's a it's a funky thing. It's something that I, I've been dabbling with a lot. And I, I've been a little bit open on the podcast in regards to that. Um, but that thing is is crippling to me. And it's it's so weird um, that for races and all that stuff, like I'm able to cope with it. But I'm I think I'm only able to cope with it just because most of the community shows up. And if I see familiar faces, like I'm able to alleviate it to a certain extent. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, that, that could be that maybe now that, that you're a little bit more involved in, you know, exploring different clubs and getting familiar with, with different folks, maybe you'll be in that same situation too, where you're able to just, you know, be at ease more. Yeah. And if I ever don't say hi, it's usually cause I can't see you cause I'm blind as shit. <laughs> <laughs> just FYI. <laughs> I'm yeah. so blind and so in my head all the time. Um, so like, yeah, if I, I mean, I think you've noticed it. Like you always have to almost say hi to me first because I, I can't see you. And to like, because I think I can't see, I'm always like in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, I didn't ignore you. I didn't see you. <laughs> I actually don't have my glasses and I can't wear contacts. So there you go. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so uh, we're almost getting up to like 50 minutes on recording. All right, we're back on. <laughs> Dude, we're talking about like anxiety. And then I'm also like, but I'm always in pain. And I'm like a geriatric using technology. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we know we're adults, baby. Sweating <laughs> from my pits like no other. Like I'm going through menopause already. It's crazy. Uh. <laughs> yeah, well, you were you gave me enough of your time. We I think we recorded a really great episode. And I just wanted to wrap it up with some like rapid questions. Um and just maybe let's see if I could think in the top of my head to ask you some some three quick questions on okay, that. Let's do it. All right. So is there a favorite song that you have? Um to, to help you hype, hype yourself up for a race or something that you do uh, pre-race? Actually, not really. I also don't really listen to music when I'm working out or running. Um, so, no, not really. It just depends on the mood, you know? Sometimes it's, um, I don't know, it's actually usually something I'm very comfortable with. Like some, some song that would come up in K-Love, 
because I grew up with that. Oh, that's so cool. You're, you're just like no, no music and no distractions while running or exercising. Yeah, I think too much. <laughs> I Always. think I'm a genius when I'm running. I'm like, damn, I should have written that down. And really, I remember the idea. I'm like, that was stupid. <laughs> Is it a similar situation? Did you ever watch that 70s show? Yeah. Do you remember that episode where, where the guys, they go hang out and they're like, oh, we should record this. And then they record it and then it's like all gibberish. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'm oh, so intellectual and I'm not. <laughs> that's probably what my podcast sound like. Like everybody else sounds cool and then I'm over here like mumbling through, thing, through things. <laughs> no, you're doing great. <laughs> um, okay, so um what 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 are we rocking with what's your favorite thing to do short ha uh, half tights or the speedy chonies uh shorts always for sure I actually really like running in briefs if any woman has never run in briefs they they really should it's so liberating also they have pockets like what my tracksmith undies have like four pockets and I can fit the really huge energy spring gels in them you know, usually my, my shorts only like have a little pocket for my keys. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's why I use like a little fanny pack. So that way I don't have to be so concerned with, uh, with if the shorts have pockets or not uh, or or something like that. Um, yeah, but then so it's like a bouncing fupa, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, just, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Um what, what okay so you mentioned you use spring so is, is that like your favorite uh your to go to like little um uh nutrition thing for race day i think it's the best one honestly i didn't really do nutrition uh really ever i like ran boston and chicago like eating dates ah um, you're the second person that i know that eats dates uh for further nutrition yeah, and I'm pretty bad. I, I like. I think I would only eat like three or four dates in a marathon. Um, so those gels I started playing around with now because of Jesus, and I really do like them. They taste like applesauce, but I actually just bought those reusable goo packets, um, and I just put applesauce and like maple syrup in them, and that's what I did for my uh, trail run, the race I did in Colorado, and honestly, like it works pretty well. Oh, that's so dope. Dude, you should make your own secret sauce. Um, my friend that also do, does the dates, he has his own thing, and he actually d grinds everything on a molcajete. Damn, that's too much work. But maybe I will pay him. <laughs> I just want to be more eco-friendly, too, you know? Right, right. That's so cool. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just the, I'm the <laughs> to go to Morton, so just keep it easy. <laughs> that's so gross. But something that, that I will throw out there is that in my fanny pack, I always make sure to keep the, the wrapper and throw it out whenever I have a chance and, and I see a trash can. So I to mean, add on to your eco-friendliness. I'm just kidding. I was trying to alleviate the blow by, by saying that, but I didn't save myself. <laughs> oh, okay, so I think... I'm not the only one that's excited to see you come back into the marathon and you will know when the time is right. And I'm sure that everybody will be so supportive and excited to see you out there racing. And uh, hopefully it, it's one that, that I'm in. If not, I'll be there spectating and cheering you on. And 
I, I, just, I just love being a, a spectator now and seeing everybody just chase ambitious goals, which, I mean, I'm not saying that you are going to chase an ambitious goal, but, you know, <laughs> no pressure. Why are you challenging me like that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the worst motivator ever, huh? <laughs> no, I'm just like, I take challenges like to her and I'm always just like, fine, I'll crush it. I will I will like chew my fingers off until I finish this, you know, if I have to. I'm like that type of person. So, yeah. So, just to help us get get us out of here, where can can folks find you if they want to continue uh, following your journey? Um, Tuesdays, I'm on Good Vibes. Monday through Saturday, I'm at the Body Process Teaching. <laughs> um, yes, runners should definitely do some strength training somewhere along the lines. Although I don't, I recommend it. Um, on Instagram, uh, I'm Ala Hamburger. And aside from that, um, I don't know. If you see me at a race, say hi. I hopefully I can say, I can see you enough to say hi back. Um, and oh, but speaking of unsanctioned races, local race is coming up. So if you really want to get one on time, I will be at all three chapters and they're all through October. So check them out for sure. All right, that's a that's a good drop for unsanctioned uh, for um, for local races featured. It, it does unsanctioned feature it? Yeah, I should they actually know this. <laughs> okay, well, quick question for you before we end: What is your most embarrassing running story? My most embarrassing running story. Yeah. Um, like, did you poop yourself? Did you like? I don't know. How did you know it was poop involved? And a lot of runners have poop stories involved. Well, I guess that wouldn't be so embarrassing if a lot of them. If but you it get happens. embarrassed of it, you know. It's like it depends what happens. Maybe you know some people poop and it's fine; it stays in their shorts. Some of them have it run down their legs. Some, you know. Yeah. Different. So, so I didn't. I haven't shared this with anybody except my wife and maybe uh, one other person, but I don't even remember who it was. But yeah, it was it was a poop involved one. I decided to wear two-inch um, short shorts um, <laughs> that were that were neon green. I think it was by Nike, so it's probably their their own proprietary green, like that neon green. And I was wearing a white shirt, and all of a sudden, I get the bubble guts, and I'm like, "No, I can make it back to the hotel. I can make it back to the hotel." And literally, like a block away from the hotel, I find this like. Uh, bridge this overpass and I'm like it's going down right here and so that was my first and only experience and I felt like it was like the most embarrassing thing because I didn't have anything to you know clean myself up with and so well you had your white shirt uh I don't know that was so I wasn't I don't know (laughs) I had to go back (laughs) into a hotel so my concern was like I think I need a shirt in order to go back in and um, so I, the shorts went back up and the whole time I was just so conscious of like, it better not show through, it better not show through. And um, I think my room was on the third floor or something. And I was like, nobody better come in in the elevator. I know I stink. <laughs> and I was just so conscious of that. But like, um, but yeah, I made it to the room, got into the shower and cleaned myself up. But I feel like that was the most embarrassing thing that that ever happened to me. While All right, running. so what you need to add into your fanny pack is a poopy bag to clean up after yourself. <laughs> Some wipes. 
<laughs> I mean, that makes me a trail runner now, so. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, that was my most, most embarrassing thing. So I'm going to throw that same question back at you. At me? Yeah. Um, I honestly don't know. You know, I do a lot of stupid shit. Um, (laughs) I do. So many things have happened to me, but I think like the most vivid one is that one in cross country where it was just like, I fell on my face and everyone's like, oh, honestly, I'm pretty sure I peed on myself during that race too. Um, But that's like so normal now. I mean, like, I don't know, you, I don't, I don't stop to pee at port potties. I just pee myself during races my dad always told me uh he's always given me little hacks for race day and all that stuff and one of the hacks for for racing is like dude if you need to pee is you know if if it's if it's worth it to you you know just go on yourself just at the water station pour some water down yeah right there to just you know make it go away and and you're good to go baby (laughs) yeah I've never peed on myself but I've definitely like because I'm blind like will go up to people and say hi and realize like it's not them and they run away. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm like, a, I'm a mess out there. Um, but really, really embarrassing things. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Maybe I'll get back to you, but I think that's probably the most embarrassing thing. That That's that a cliffhanger to. for, uh, for your post, uh, <laughs> post marathon <laughs> recap episode that we'll have later in the future on the podcast. Maybe it'll happen then. Maybe it'll happen. Then. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i won't take any more of your time and again i'm so thankful for you sharing uh some insights into your life and your relationship with running um so i'll let you uh do the outro and if you want to shout out uh anybody or or any any clubs or anything go ahead the space is yours uh yeah just i guess shout out to dan that continues to let me run jesus is always pacing me uh rosa i am always competing with you whether you like it or not (laughs) um and then just everyone everyone that i've gotten to meet in this running journey uh thanks for just showing up and being you guys oh thank you that's perfect (laughs) all right take care all right take care alejandra bye alejandra alejandra (laughs) (laughs) all right bye. bye